Welcome to episode 170 of the Whatnots Review Show, where every week we pick a story and we talk about it. It could be a movie, TV series, anime, manga, comic book, audio drama, all kinds of entertainment. We watch it, read it, listen to it, and then we come back here and we talk about it. My name is Melissa Wilkinson, and I am joined, as always, by my co-captain, Kyle Springer. Good morning, Melissa. How's it go- going? I'm doing fine. I got I got a Starbucks. I think that'll give me the energy to get everything done today. There you go. What's what's your typical Starbucks thing? Have have I <sighs> asked you asked asked you that? Where do you normally get? I normally just get like an iced coffee with cream and toffee nut syrup. But since I got an iced coffee maker for home, uh, now whenever I do run out and get Starbucks, which mostly just happens when I'm out of ice. When, like, I go to bed and I think I have ice for coffee in the morning and then I wake yeah. up and my roommate used all the ice and the new ice isn't done yet. <laughs> it's like, well, I guess I'm going to Starbucks then. Then I treat myself to, like, a latte, some sort of an espresso okay. drink I couldn't make for myself at home. So I got the, the white chocolate mocha, which is one of their finest okay. products. Sounds good. Sounds good. I uh, am not a coffee person. Don't really like coffee off y'all all that much but uh i i mentioned it before we started recording here that man i slept so good last <laughs> night and i woke up and i was completely disoriented which is like oh my god where am i and it was yeah. great i i i i slept amazingly uh so i'm excited about all of that but uh we're here on 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 like round two uh, for us trying to record <gasps> this, we had a bit of a snag uh, for the first time, but we're back. We're here, and things are working. Things things are are looking good. Um, so I'm excited to get things going with all of this. So Melissa, what is it that we are talking about this week? We are talking about an audio drama. This is a show called Passenger List. From Radiotopia, from PRX, co-written and co-directed by John Scott Dryden and Lauren Shippen, edited and sound designed by Mark Henry Phillips. Or at least it's what the credits on the first episode say. I presume that holds true for the entire series. This is, uh, yeah, yeah, this is two seasons. Uh, Each season is eight episodes long, so we listen to all 16 episodes. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this stars Kelly Marie Tran from Star Wars. It was great to hear her voice. Rose Tico. That was her, mm-hmm. her name in that. Yeah. Right? Rose. Yeah. yeah. And if you, um, if you watched The Last Jedi and you're like, this lady is great at reacting to one of her siblings possibly dying in a plane accident. Boy, oh no. have we got a treat for you. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I was struck how weirdly that was, that's a very specific situation for this actress to have played twice in like just a handful of years. Yikes. Yeah, that's I I don't I didn't realize that, but yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah, so I I how did you end up finding this show? Because I I wasn't familiar with this one. I I of of course know Lauren Chippen uh, from the Bright Sessions and stuff like that, and of course I've seen Star Wars and all of that that stuff, uh, but. Yeah, I I don't think I had heard of this show before you mentioned it. I I've come across several new audio dramas recently, so it was either a plug from one of those shows 
or I was on one of their pages and this was listed in the bottom in podcast addicts. Uh, if you like this, you would also like this list of shows. Okay. Don't remember. That's fair enough. Yeah, I you you pitched this to me last week. You pitched uh, a number of 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 podcasts that we we could uh, we could do, and it, this one just immediately stood out because you and I are both big fans of La 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 Lost. So we were like, oh, this one just makes sense. Like it's it's about a yeah. plane that disappears and they don't know what happened and all that stuff. It's like, what if? lost but instead of like following the passengers you follow the the story of the people that are like yeah still at this home being like what happened to the, the plane you know yeah this uh, is like penny's investigation or something exactly exactly um but yeah so i like when when you mentioned this i was just like oh we we we, we have to we ha we have <laughs> to do this one it's so on on brand for you and me uh that, yeah that we we had to do this so uh this is what we're doing passenger list from radiotopia mm. so you when you had pitched this you had already listened to all of season one but you had not got to season two yet uh so yeah. now that you've heard the whole thing general thoughts what did you think I like it a lot. This is a very strong show. I like, well, to recap it, uh, Kelly Marie Tran plays this woman named Caitlin Lay, who's a college student, and her twin brother, Connor, supposedly dies in the crash of Atlantic Flight 702, which is flying from yeah. London to New York City. The plane uh, has not been recovered. Nobody knows where it is. But the airline's investigation has surmised it is a bird strike. Birds got in the engines. It went down. We're still working to find it. All the birds are operating under strike. the presumption. Yeah. They're, they're, they're <laughs> having a sit in. Uh, yeah, st stuff like that. No more <laughs> birds. Bird is not the mm. word. <laughs> <laughs> so they're, they're just presuming the plane has crashed somewhere. We're going to find it. Yeah. All of your loved ones are dead. And her parents have moved on. Her parents are having, you know, like a funeral with an empty casket. And Caitlin can't let go of this. She's like, I know Connor isn't dead. I would feel if he was dead. Something's going on here. I don't buy that this was a bird strike. So it's her just figuring out how to investigate this mystery. And she's like a 22-year-old psychology student. She has no yeah. background in investigation. She just sets her mind to it. She gets leads from being in all of these you know, the yeah. survivor, um, you know, family support groups, she talks to people. She tries to get leads. She tries to talk to like anybody who could have known, like the, the co-pilots or, you know, there was a, a some missionaries who are coming back from Africa and she wonders maybe they were carrying a disease. She's scrambling around trying to follow every lead and starts to uncover that there is some sort of a conspiracy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's an it's an interesting show for sure i i really enjoyed it i i like that it's only like two short seasons that it is uh just like hey it's 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 a smaller contained story yeah you will find out what ha happened to the, the the plane uh and stuff like that um and yeah each 
each one you listen to kind of focuses on one clue or one yeah. lady that they are trying to track down. Uh, so it's it's kind of segmented in that way, which is kind of nice. It makes it nice to, mm. f- to follow along. Um, however, I, I think more towards the end of the show, once you get into the later half of season two and you still don't know exactly what happened to the plane mm. and they're still d- doing stuff like that, we're like, what if we tr- track down this thing? It's like, okay, I kind of feel like I should know a little bit more about this by now and what's happening. So personally, I felt the ending was slightly rushed, but mm-hmm. I think I think it it's it still worked though. Um but but b- besides that, yeah, I I enjoyed this. I I I I thought uh the acting was nice. I thought the uh the way the show was made and especially the like the news sequences at the start yeah. that that were like the opening credits were incredible. Those were so Yeah, good. there's a there's a bonus episode that's just about the sound design of that like yeah bunch of news coverage talking heads like audio clips that sort of set the stage and act as like the opening credit sequence in audio form even though it contains no credits like this montage of news coverage acts like a theme song for the show and they do change it like almost from episode to episode uh, as the public's perception of this crash and of as the coverage of it evolves over the the several months that the story takes yeah which is it's it's neat to see that change and evolve Mm -hmm. evolve. but just the 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 way they put that together and the music that they're playing underneath it all it's yeah like haunting and and intriguing of 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 just like huh yeah there is some like it's it's really sad what happened but it's also like Huh. Like it's like you it's inquisitive in a strange way. Like it it, it really does. It does make you feel like there is something going on here. Like, huh, maybe if I can just put the dots together, then I can figure this all out and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really, really in, in, enjoyed you have a, a, any more spoiler free thoughts uh, you want to get I've... into? This is a very well acted show, but Kelly Marie Tran in particular is amazing in this. This is one of my mm-hmm. favorite vocal performances I've heard in an audio drama. She has to go to so many uncomfortable places as part of her investigation. Like yeah. she has to just to make sure that she has gone down every single path. She has to like investigate people for like things where you can tell she's embarrassed that it sounds like she's accusing somebody of doing this but she just has to talk to them about it just to make sure she leaves no stone unturned like how uncomfortable she sounds so frequently gets that across really well yeah absolutely yeah the 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 acting is really really good um there's another character that comes into play uh, who's also kind of investigating on his own. He's a lawyer. Mm. I don't remember the actor's name off the top of my head here for these. You guys know I'm terrible with names. Mm. Um, but that that actor was also really, really, really good. I enjoyed yeah, him. Yeah, that was... I, I liked that. Was, that. Oh, cool. It was Ben Daniels as Rory. Thank you. Yes. Um, 
yeah, that I, I, I liked that character a lot too. Uh, and I, w- one last thing that I liked about the a- acting is that uh, Kelly Marie Tran's character and uh, the actors of her parents, uh, they, they, I, I, I guess they are Vietnamese. I don't know. It sounded like Vietnamese so. to me. Uh, but yeah, they sometimes will speak in their native tongue, and it's it's one of those things that they kind of go back and forth, and so you know that they they are saying something else. But it's not necessarily important if you don't understand that one line that they say. Or they will respond to it in English. So you can kind of decipher, you know, what what they're saying uh, and stuff like that. But I I liked that touch just to have that like, hey, when you are back home or speaking to your parents, that there is this like familiarity uh, thing that's going on there, where it's just like, hey, this is home. We we you know we uh have a different language, or we do things a little bit differently. And I think that was a nice touch. Yeah, I I like that addition a lot, especially how much it is used. And you know, this mm-hmm. is an audio drama. You don't have subtitles. You're right, really yeah. in the dark about what they're saying unless you do understand that language. And maybe you can look up transcripts of the show that do provide translations. But if you're just listening to it, you don't get to know what that is. And the show is aware that you don't know what that is. I did like that a lot. I've never seen an audio drama do that uh, as much as this show does. I think that might have come up in Marvel's where they go visit that scientist girl. I feel like maybe her mom would talk to her in Spanish. Spanish, I think that's the only other time I've heard something like this. And it is something I've seen in movies frequently. Yeah, in the subtitle-less format, it, it's a very bold addition. I liked it a lot. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, go check this one out. Like we said, it's only two seasons. It's pretty short. We think you will enjoy it. Uh, but with that, we're going to get into some housekeeping, uh, and then we will get into spoilers and start talking more in-depth about the podcast here. So we will be right back. We put a lot of hard work into the shows that we make, and yes, we make multiple different shows here at The Whatnots, and we'd love it if you would check them all out. You can find out more information on our website at thewhatnots.com, as well as your favorite podcasting platform of choice. When you type in The Whatnots, all of our shows will pop up right there. Just don't forget to give us a nice rating and review if you like the shows. If you want to support what we do here at The Whatnots, patreon.com slash The Whatnots is the best place to do that. You can support us for as little as a dollar a month. You can get all kinds of exclusive content at the $3 tier. You can also get a shout out and thank you on all of our shows at the $5 tier. You can support us on Twitch by subscribing to our channel at twitch.tv slash the whatnots. And we would love to have you all join us for our live streams and talk with us in the chat. And lastly, we have merch. If you want to grab yourself a shirt or a sweatshirt or a mug or something else, go to the whatnots.com slash store to pick up some merch today. And we are back. A uh, big shout out to our Patreon supporters at the $5 tier and above. So thank you, Sam, so much for supporting us. It means a lot. We appreciate it. Uh, thank you for Thanks, supporting Sam. us for so long. Yeah. Uh, 
I think, uh, let's see, cool things that we have been doing here on at, at the Whatnots. Um, th- coming up at the end of the month, we are covering yeah. a, a book for the first time on the review show, despite us yep. saying it's a book club style podcast. <laughs> yeah, House of Leaves is what we are going to be covering. It's a uh, d- very different kind of novel. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it reads a lot more like an academic paper, uh, but it plays with the form and function of a yeah. book exactly. But it's a kind of spooky tale about a house that is bigger on the inside and seems to be growing uh, than it is on the outside. Um, but yeah, it's fascin- It's a fascinating book. Uh, so be on the lookout for stuff like that. Uh, we did our reactions uh, t- to Marvel's "What If" uh, their their, mm-hmm. their first uh, thing that they they did there. That was a lot of fun. That was on the Reactor Core, uh, so you guys can go check that out. As well as a spoiler cast for Suicide Squad uh, that is out there as well. So go check all that stuff out. We do qu- quite a bit here at the Whatnots. So there you go. Uh, Melissa, let's go ahead mm-hmm. and get into spoilers. Hey, here we are in spoilers. Um, man, where do we want to start with this one? I, I, I kind of want to start a little bit more with just the main character and who, yeah, uh, who, who Kelly Marie Tran's character that she played in this podcast here. So, um, didn't mean to do that. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I guess one of my problems, I've already mentioned okay. one of them. I kind of want to start out with something that I, I don't like about the show, which is mm. few and far between, but there were a couple mm. things that I I was just like, mm, I, I wish there was more of this thing. As much as I liked the acting of Kelly Marie Tran, I never truly felt like I got to know her character. Um which is is strange to kind of say. Um, <laughs> by the way, what remind me again what her character's name is? It's Caitlin. Caitlin. There we go. Caitlin Lay. Caitlin Lay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like I. I. I never truly felt like I got to know Caitlin. Hmm. Um, we, I, I think the most, the most that I think we got to see a good character moment with her was when she goes back to her her family. There's a couple times when she goes back to the house and she gets to talk with her parents and stuff. But it's, especially for me, the moment where she goes back to play her brother's video g- 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 game, like yeah. that to me was the most revealing about her character. Um, mm-hmm. bes- bes- besides that, she's just investigating and not going to school and asking p- 
people like so what did what do you think happened what about this doctor what about this thing could it have been terrorists could it have been a disease mm-hmm. could it have been an alternate universe like i i i just i felt like she was always pointing the spotlight on someone else which is i guess what you need to do for an investigation yeah. but yeah just like not enough of her taking this information sitting on this thinking about it and kind of having that reveal who she is i, I did, did did that come across to you at all i I think this was a great emotional portrayal of that character. Like I said, some of the stuff I really, I would say enjoy, it's not fun, but I appreciate that like when she's trying to investigate the co-pilot and when she's looking at the terrorism angle, you can tell she is mortified that she asked to ask this Muslim man, did your brother, do you possibly think this could have been a terrorist act? Like she hates that she has to ask that, but she's like, I I have to know. I have to just ask these questions because it seems like nobody else is. Even mm-hmm. if they're wrong, I have to like check that box off. <laughs> and she's so uncomfortable with it. I liked how frequently she would wind up in situations that weren't just dangerous or threatening, but were just socially uncomfortable. Like she's yeah. talking to some guy in a support group whose like wife and son went down with the plane and he talks and he mentions that like um him and the wife were estranged and the wife kind of like took the son and you can hear a moment where she kind of backs off and starts to worry like am i talking to a very toxic man whose wife and son were trying to get away from him for good reasons like even if he is bereaving them Mm -hmm. like am i is this the bad guy of their situation that i'm trying to get information from and when when the conversation ends you're still really not sure I really appreciated how often she ran into situations like that, like how this investigation isn't just dangerous. It's just it's just uncomfortable to be in. Yeah. So I felt like I was well, um, I knew how she was feeling from time from moment to moment. But yeah, the more specific details of her life do get lost in the shuffle a lot. Like we're we really dive into her relationship with her brother, with her parents. I love the inclusion of the fact that she is skipping school to do this. And she's repeatedly Mm -hmm. getting those calls from the bursar's office. And that's like a real threat that we're going to have to uh, uh, kick you out. (laughs) Like we understand what you're going through. Like we sympathize with your situation. But if you keep, you know, not showing up for classes, we're going to unenroll you. Like that's the only choice we have left. I like that threat hanging over the whole thing as well. But we don't know. Are there friends who miss her? Does she, did she have any love interests? Exactly. What yeah. does she ultimately want to do with this psychology you know, degree that she's pursuing? There's a lot of her uh, outside of her family. There are a lot of personal details about her that just never get touched upon. Part of which I think is a result of the fact that she is so obsessed with this investigation. Like It seems like everything else in her life truly has dropped. And it's just the school that is the only thing that we get to see illustrated. The only thing that we get to see the consequence of the fact that she has dropped it. We don't get any calls from like a friend who's like, hey, I haven't talked to you in like two months. Are you okay?" Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like I I like the inclusions of that stuff. And I, I think when we see her get uncomfortable or having to ask a difficult 
question that she mm. knows she's gonna get some kind of hostile feedback yeah on. it's acted really really well and I, I i guess my issue is that that i i feel like that's typical of the that kind of investigation rather than specific to her character of uh, like that that tells me more about the investigation or her lack of yeah. investigative skills than who she is as a person um and and and, st and stuff like that so i yeah there's was just stuff about her that i felt like I, I i don't feel like this was necessarily a complete character like i i yeah but that's not to say I thought it was a bad character. Mm. Like I wanted to know these things. She seemed like an interesting person to to have the the the, sh the strength and the will to be like, you know what? No, this is gonna be my life now. Like I'm I'm mm. gonna investigate this thing. And yeah, it she just kind of abandons college. Right. And yeah. by the end of this show is kind of an experienced investigator. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, I don't want to say necessarily super great at her j -j job, mm -hmm. but is still just like, hey, you've gone through some of these challenging things. And I think it's the lawyer that's like, hey, if you ever actually want to be yeah. an investigator for me, well, let me know, because. Mm -hmm. You kind of know how to do that now, so. <laughs> uh, but I, I um, okay, go ahead. No, I want to say that there is also a novel that seems like it's going to be a continuation yeah. of this story. At the end of the episodes, they plug that the creator has written a novel. I think also called Passenger List. I think it would be out by now. Uh, and they do say make sure you don't look into it until you've finished season two. That would spoil it. So I imagine it picks up where this audio drama le leaves off. And maybe then we get to learn more about Caitlin as a character through the format of a novel. Maybe it's told from her perspective. We get more details about her. Gotcha. Yeah. And I also that, wanted that to talk about Rory. I think Rory's character journey is very interesting. His main motivation, he's a lawyer who uh, once it is revealed that the crash has been found, at the end of season one, he starts calling all these family members uh, to offer his services to them, to offer his legal representation of, I think we can get money out of the airline and I think we can get answers out of the airline. Like he's not acting from a purely financial perspective. Like he's really on the side of these family members saying, I want to get you answers in addition to the payment that you are owed for this terrible thing that happened to yeah. your loved ones. And all these people are shutting him down because they think he's just like shallow money grubbing or they're like, we're we're done with this. We've been through so much. We don't want to get deeper into this. <laughs> yeah, Because you know, like I think by it's... the time the crash is found, it's been at least like six, seven, eight months since the original, you know, when the plane was supposed to have landed. Yeah, and, and they, they've gone back and forth on, like, oh, the plane disappeared to yeah. it's a bird strike. To it's, well, it's not a bird strike. Oh, we found the the crash and all that, 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 that stuff. So they've gone through a number of emotional gauntlets, right, yeah. of this stuff. So even if he is trying to help them, it's it's just always awkward approaching yeah. people who are grieving and and yes. 
like it, it's like hey i'm i'm trying to help you but i know you might not want to deal with this right now or it might yes. b- bring up some uncomfortable things like after you've already moved on and accepted this stuff now to find out that it might be something else uh d- yeah um so I, I, I think to me he was an interesting character too because he had something going on with his daughter uh, yeah, I I like that a lot. Uh, I I like that Rory was another character in addition to Caitlin who we got to see pursue these conversations with good intentions, with full sympathy with the person they're talking to, but aware of how uncomfortable the conversation is. I like that pervasive theme in this. That's something I haven't seen very much in other investigative mystery narratives. Yeah, Rory has um, a daughter who's in rehab and she keeps calling him. She's she's so upset she has to be there. She doesn't want to be there. She wants to be taken out. You know, it seems like she had like some sort of a relationship with this drug dealer. She's having trouble getting off the drugs, getting away from him emotionally and constantly yeah. calling Rory. So Rory's dealing with all these calls from his daughter, from his ex-wife. And from this facility that she's at, because he's way behind on a big payment. And they're like, if you don't pay this, we have to send your daughter away. Like, she can't keep staying here if you don't pay for our services. (laughs) Similar to Caitlin's situation, we're like, you know, we understand that, like, you, you paid for and signed up for all these classes. We have to unenroll you if you don't actually go to them or interact with us in any way. Like, we have to take you out of the school. And as Rory's journey continues and as the when we get to the part where I think one of his associates calls him and lets him know, hey, they're looking. They they've noticed you're looking into this crash. Somebody has seen you. There's going to be real serious repercussions for you. Like they're going to drag out this old case and find some little loophole that will make you the villain of the whole thing. They're going to sue you back. You could be disbarred. You could like lose your practice and everything. And he seriously thinks about maybe I just have to play along with whatever it is these guys want. And Caitlin's so upset with him. Like, why would you turn your back on our investigation? Like, I thought we were going to be with each other to the end until we got answers. But you know, it's because every time he does something in the interest of getting money, you know, it's because he really does need that money or his daughter will not be well. And he never really tells this to Caitlin, I don't think. He doesn't tell Not her. Really? This is why I'm always like leaving to be on the phone. So she doesn't know. It, the, all the sacrifices he is making is because of his own family. He wants to get answers for all these other family members. But this is the one thing he needs to do for his own daughter. Yeah, he's he's not necessarily c- c- close with Caitlin. Like they've, yeah. they've just kind of met and they're working together on this one singular thing. Uh, but yeah, he never really like is is like, hey, I, I do actually need this money. It's for my daughter. She's in rehab. Like they don't have yeah. that like slower character moment that you I'm, I'm sure I've mentioned a, 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 a bunch on the show when we cover all sorts of things that I like those smaller yeah. like, character building moments. Um, we don't really get that be- between them. But yeah, we do get his kind of motivation where he kind of mm. used to be one of the people 
for the airlines being the ones being like, hey, we'll give you the grieving uh, family members. Like, we'll give you the money to be quiet and not ask mm. questions and stuff like that. So I, I think he feels bad, too. Like, he, he's yeah. trying to make up for what he's done, yes. done in the past. too. So he, yeah, I, I, I liked him a lot. But yeah, I just wish more moments that weren't about the investigation like remember Mm. when we covered uh that manga the the drops of god yeah one of my critiques with that is that every single conversation that they had in that manga was always about wine Yes, it's, it's a manga about wine and, and and so yeah you expect there to be a lot but it's every single conversation and nothing else mm. and this was kind of a similar thing with this where every conversation that was happening in this show was about this investigation which again you would expect it to be but there's just there's nothing else there's nothing else for me to latch onto in their down moments or stuff like that where i'm just like oh yeah now 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 i really relate to uh to mm. caitlin because i i to be honest can't really relate to her all all that much because i've never experienced a plane crash in the way mm-hmm. she has um or or has done some kind of investigation like that or has skipped college in the same way that she has and those are kind of the only things that i know about her Um, Mm. so yeah that that was like maybe my like major uh thing that i didn't like about the show it's just like i i don't completely feel like i know her Mm -hmm. still still great though yeah yeah and i do like leaves me wanting more even if we don't know like the status quo of her life very much, I do like the interesting stakes that the story chooses and that it's like, we're going to really drill in on one part of something that's had to be left behind in pursuit of this investigation, which is all those calls from the school and mm-hmm. uh, the, the stakes of just <laughs> the number of awkward conversations. <laughs> it's awkward for you to listen to also, but I appreciate that it's there. It's a nice change from a number of like threatening conversations. (laughs) Like there are threats that happen. She is in danger as the series goes on. But I like those first couple episodes where she just has to completely pry into other people's personal business and interrogate them and accuse them of things. And she doesn't like that she has to do it, but she knows I have to. It divides. I'm a I have this goal. I can't turn away from the goal now. I'm committed. If I don't do this, nobody else is doing this. She's so alone. It's really her and um, the voice on the phone who we later find out is Thomas. Because she's talking to this mysterious contact, you know, who's like under a code name, speaks through a vocoder. We don't really know who they are, but they've got some sort of inside knowledge. And they're like kind of the one ally that Caitlin has. And they really like those conversations that they had with each other. And they did have this very interesting kind of intimate energy to them just maybe and that the fact that they're the only allies each other has in pursuit of mm-hmm. this investigation 
You don't know what her dynamic, what this person's going to be as there as this relationship grows. And it's then it's revealed that this was her brother's fiance who, who she'd known, whom she was right, on yeah. good terms with and who she has. I don't know, it seems like he's fallen off the face of the earth. <laughs> and so he's been like contacting her in disguise. And you're like, oh, that's why he always was so nice to her. That, that was yeah. his family. He was like, this is my sister in law. Yeah, they like you. It explains that like familiarity that they seem to have yeah. with one another, and it was always strange to me that she never questioned him, and was just like, "Wait, who are you really?" And she, because like at the start, she just kind of went along with it. With, mm. with, with it, I was like, "Okay, I'll look into this, and I'll look in, into that, and uh, and and stuff like that." And I just was like, "Huh? Well, why is she questioning everything else and then not him?" Or not she this does person. She does a question bit, him. Yeah, like she'll hear a background like, noise, and she's like, "Where are you?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm at work." And she's like, "What do you do for a living?" And he's like, "I, yeah. I, I can't. I don't have time to talk about that. Here's the clue that you need." Yeah, but then like, like she questions like this sound she hears in the background. Yeah, but never the like. Why are you sending me to this place specifically now? Like, is is there something else out there that I should be looking at instead? Like, what, just like, who are, how did you get this stuff? Like, she she has some of those thoughts, but then just kind of doesn't really do much on them because there's not much she can do there. But uh, yeah, like, they they, despite that, she has this kind of willingness to go along with it and when you do find out that it's this like soon-to-be family member yeah um then it's just like oh okay that like there's this like weird unspoken familiarity yeah. there that they weren't necessarily aware of or she was not uh but it was still there so i i did enjoy that so mm-hmm do you want to kind of break down exactly what happened with the plane? Yeah. Next. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, so I I mentioned at the start that each one they are kind of tracking down a specific clue, or there's a, a mm. specific uh, interview that they are conducting in each one, and you don't truly really find out what happened to the plane until the finale. Really? Yeah. Um, uh, which I, I guess was my other kind of like smaller thing that I didn't really like all that much is like I, I was hoping to have put together some dots before yeah. the finale. Uh, but th that was not the case. But I think it still worked out nicely. I still enjoyed uh, what they gave me. But um, yeah, so. Kind of complicated. <laughs> yeah, it is very complicated. With this, yeah. And when Caitlin's investigating it, there's a lot of different avenues that she pursues of possible culprits. Um, mm -hmm. The uh, the flight had a last minute switch of the co-pilot. The co-pilot was a Muslim man. She like talks to the man's brother very uncomfortably to say, hey, do you know if maybe he was involved in anything Contacted. radical? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Extremists? I have to ask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like she, the, the pilot herself was a, a old 
like a, not old, but like she she was a career pilot. She'd been doing this for decades. You know, she did, like didn't really have much in her life that wasn't this career. And Caitlin looks at was this woman just completely jaded and burned out? Like she sent the plane down. Was it her? She looks at um the the very first thing you hear in episode one is this little boy's lost at the airport. And his family yeah. and like the the airport staff like brings him in and says like, oh, he was supposed to be on this flight. Uh, he was supposed to be on Atlantic flight 702. And this is before they find out that the flight has disappeared. Looks like his mm-hmm. mother got on board and left him behind. And Caitlin, the first episode is Caitlin investigating that, that this woman was like the um, sister in law, I think, to this man who was into like human trafficking and mm-hmm. she wondered if, like, this woman was going to, like, blow the lid off of him. And she suspected that he would try and take her out by taking down the plane. And that's why she left her son behind. Even if she abandoned her son, he would still live. You know, yeah. she investigates those. She investigates the uh, missionaries who missionaries. are coming back from the Congo. That was maybe Doctor my was favorite too, episode yeah. because she's looking at something completely different, something that isn't crime. She's looking at disease. She's looking at. Did they come back with something that spread very quickly through the plane and that's right, what yeah. took it down? That the pilot, you know, no longer became able to continue flying the plane. And and I, I when when she's first looking into that, she is more looking at that as like, was this an accident? Like, did they yes. know they were sick or sick with this particular thing? Maybe they just thought it was a flu. And then it's like, okay, was this maybe more purposeful? Hey, there was a doctor on board who also like studied, but like biochemical weapons or something like that. Did did he have something? Was he trying to move something that was maybe very difficult to to do that stuff? Was it terrorism? Was that and, yeah. and then she she gets into like was the plane hacked like is that yeah. possible like my brother was kind of into that stuff uh could could it be something and and then yeah she gets to the the end of like was my brother involved like did mm. did, did did he have something to do and she she's in disbelief that he would. And I think a lot of people are of the same mind of like no he actually like he helped stop this one thing back in the day like he seemed like he was Mm -hmm. a good good kid yeah um but yeah like she's she's trying to look at all of these different things that happened and in the end yeah it it did seem like someone was sick with something could be some kind of contaminant but they weren't entirely sure uh yeah and so the u.s government like didn't want them to come into the states and then like diverted the plane right to iceland or greenland greenland yeah uh and has basically been secretly keeping them there under quarantine and just trying to figure out who who was the one that brought this disease on board and was it like that? Like they, they are doing the same investigation that Caitlin is, and they found nothing. Like, which I, I, that was the thing that was like the most sh- shocking to, 
to me is that they like they've like they've been here for like more than six months because i i think the 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 Mm. funeral that the lay family was having was six months after um yes and so this had been another handful of months after that so it's almost been a year that the you know these people have been missing and there's only been like a couple people that died i think it was the people that were like originally sick uh or stuff like that but but yeah besides that they're just like they're trying to pump these people for information like who was it who did this and they know nothing there's just nothing yeah i I did like that that's what the answer was caitlin has identified so many potential suspects all these different connections there were so there was like a weirdly high amount of like uh the persons of interest on the plane and she's just like it could be any one of these people who is it (laughs) which one of these is it and to find out that the government was in the same boat they're like we know somebody brought this down on the plane we also don't know who (laughs) that they're like this is why we We haven't come forward with anything before then we're like we don't have answers we want to come out once we have an answer and we don't. Yeah. So like they the government had received a lot of intel that pointed to there's going to be some sort of some kind of terrorist attack on the plane. We don't know what the method is. We don't know what the source is. But like intel tells us this. And then I think that that missionary woman, Lindy, Wendy LaPierre, whatever her name was, she did die on the plane. Uh, yeah presumably from a disease she had picked up during her trip in, in Africa. I, and I think some other people then started to show signs of sickness. Not sure. Is that spreading? Is this just a normal cough or cold that now they're very paranoid about? But the is government, as soon as they thing where they. Yeah. They, they yeah. Think yeah. Yeah. As soon as the government finds out, OK, a woman died. Now it looks like other people are getting sick. We think this is bioterrorism. We're going to divert the plane to Greenland. And I think like the, the plane did need to crash to like, like get down there. And so like the front half of the plane, those people died. And like, um, I think like 20 people ended up surviving. It's not a very high number, unfortunately, out of the like 200 something passengers that the plane was That's carrying. Right, yeah. But they needed to like crash the plane to more. like get it down. Time. And like out of the survivors, they quarantined them because they thought they would have, you know, they might have been infected to this bioterrorism agent or at the very least some, you know, terrible disease. And they're not showing any symptoms. And I like that gray area, too, that they're like, we're not. It looks to us like they are not sick, but we really can't rule anything out. (laughs) What if this is a bioterrorism disease that takes six months and two weeks before it shows itself? We got to keep them in there. We have to keep monitoring them. And they're like, we still know there was a terrorist on the plane. Who was it? So they're grilling just everybody for information. And they just don't have any clear answers yet. And uh, the the, that contact Marianne, I think, was telling Caitlin, we wanted to come out and tell the public what happened. But we couldn't do that until we had a clear answer. We couldn't tell your family Connor was alive until we could prove whether or not he was sick and name the culprit behind this whole situation. Yeah, which I, I think is the tragedy of, of this, yeah. this whole, whole thing. Because at the end of the day, I, it, 
what I took away from it was that, yeah, nothing actually happened. Like, this is just a right place, wrong place, wrong time, right time. That Like, it just, it was the perfect storm of all of this stuff, of all of these people of interest being on the plane at the same time, of all of these potential threats and then just one small minor thing happens that's enough to be like oh shit we need to do something now in case something does actually yeah happen but then nothing does not really except Um, for at the very end i did like the final cap at the end of the story where caitlin's gotten a couple mysterious calls from somebody who uh and thomas had been speaking through like a vocoder right his voice was distorted but it was still a human voice talking to her She's beginning this, uh, these other calls from another mysterious person named Chad. And these are sent through like a voice to text, uh, <laughs> a text to speech generator thing, which is this very cold, unnatural, like, you know, Siri voice, just like reading words written on a page and like all the intonation is wrong. Right. It's, yeah. it's very effective and being uh, creepy and threatening. But then she gets a call from Chad after everything's over. And Chad's like, great job, Caitlin. You did it. You solved the mystery. And you provided a great distraction for us. There was a bioterrorism element. And it was hidden in just an innocent little glass vial at the London airport's duty-free perfume shop. And it's like, Caitlin, maybe somebody's bought that little vial of perfume. Maybe they haven't. Why don't you go there and see and see if you can find it? Yeah. And see, like, that's that's something else that I question that of, mm. of, of, of like, is like, is there really like, do, do yeah. we not like, yes. we don't know who this mysterious Chad is exactly or if they are some kind of terrorist group, like, who are they exactly? Like, we, mm. we, we, we don't know that. And we don't know if that means. They're planning on some kind of follow-up show uh, with, with... Well, it's the novel. I, am, I imagine that this is what the novel kicks off with. Probably, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that could be a, a fake thing, too, to just get her to bite and to then do something else for them. So... It, yeah like i it's it's something that is teasing you of like maybe there really was but at the end of the day i i like i i feel like i have to take that as uh like there wasn't really but we'll see what this thing is in the book mm-hmm. um, so i don't know but I, I so let me ask you this compared to the ending of lost how, how, what, 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 what did you think of this one? Did, did, oh, that's did this provide fair. more answers? <laughs> the, we both know that the ending of Lost is not about the answers. It's about the conclusions of these character journeys, a point on which Lost True. succeeds. True. <laughs> and this show does not go as deeply into the character journeys, though I will say I like that all these side characters you've encountered over the course of the podcast fortunately there are people that die that journalist that was like detained in iran for three years who had like a little kid at home she she's Uh 
died. You know, she doesn't get to go back to her daughter who like yeah. barely remembered her anyway. Just so sad. But I think Jim Dennison's daughter. Yeah, Jim, his daughter survived, right? I believe so. Yeah. And I think like the little boy's mom survived. So like that, I liked that bookend a lot. You know, that the that's the first thing we start with is this abandoned little boy. And he does get reunited with his family. You know, and it, Connor's back. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like it. the wins that the situation did give us were well chosen. It was like, oh, thank goodness. I do feel a sense of relief that that person survived. Yeah. I feel like it, it, the show did know these are the areas where we've provided enough depth that you would want to see that person come out of this okay. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I I I liked the ending of this. It was not what I was expecting. Um I I was also grateful that they did not go into like the supernatural stuff of like did they yeah. get pushed into an alternate dimension? We don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah nobody really brings up aliens. Trip? Right, yeah. Uh did they get abducted? Um yeah, like I, I'm grateful that they didn't go in that direction, and they really tried to keep this g- grounded. Um, and I, I think the kind of emotional ending of Lost was also about grief and loss, and it's like how how do you deal with that and moving on and stuff like that. And I, I think this show tries to touch on a lot of similar themes of like how like how do we deal with this how do we move Mm. on when is the appropriate time to move on uh stuff like that so i i i felt like this was uh satisfying of like all right we found out what happened it was not what i expected uh but yeah this is definitely a concrete thing where it's like okay i know what happened now and now we just have to kind of sit with this and accept it um and and stuff like that yeah and which is why i i think that the thing that was most shocking to me was that the government didn't know anything else and it was just like you were expecting some kind of statement from them of like here's this extra thing that we know or here's what actually happened behind yeah. that and it was just like we're in the same boat at the end of the, yeah. of the day here and that that i think was the thing that hit me of of like the, like that's kind of a really cool and interesting ending to that um because yeah like you you would expect them to be like here's what happened a b and c x y z it's done this is exactly it yeah at the end of the day it's just like well kind of don't really know yeah and i like that there there is cover-up but there's not necessarily cover-up for the sake of cover-up there's cover-up for the sake of stalling they're like we don't want to come out here and reveal that this happened until we have the whole story which is I like that that's not uh, sinister. Like, it's not the, a good idea, but you kind of get it. I like that, the, you know, as many bad things as the government has done throughout the various little crime stories throughout this, this narrative, I like that it's not, like, as simple as government bad guy. 
government hide. <laughs> the government's <laughs> like, no, we, we want to find the truth. And then once we have everything, once we can prove that all of these people who survived are safe, then we will reintroduce them to their families. Yeah. There's some some similar stuff going on uh, in the new Suicide Squad movie mm-hmm. from James Gunn. It's a little bit different, but it's it's similar themes and stuff like like that. There, I won't get into too much detail because I don't want to spoil it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that movie came out recently, uh, so that might be something worth checking out. Uh, but yeah, like I, 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 like that is the thing I, I think I was most satisfied in is the way they concluded this. Um, mm-hmm. Despite me wanting, like, hey, it would have been nice if there were a couple more dots that I could have connected on my own throughout the series. Um, I, I think I was mostly satisfied with where this ended. Uh, to 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 like I'm I'm not necessarily interested in the book and you know ha- having the continued adventures of mm. Caitlin Lay uh, because I was satisfied to be like hey I think they told a good story here mm-hmm. um, I I yeah I I walked away from this being like this was really cool this was yeah. enjoyable. Um, yeah, this is one of the yeah. most interesting mystery stories I've come across recently and how muddy the whole thing is, how it turns out that the people hiding, uh, covering up the whole thing were as clueless as the main investigator was. And they're like, we need your help. Like, you've got an angle on this we don't have. <clears throat> how uncomfortable so much of the investigation was. This was a great approach to this sort of a mystery story. I, I, I also like uh, the locations that this went mm. to. That's something, especially when you're dealing with an all auditory medium, it's really important to get all of your locations sounding like actual locations and stuff and not mm. like, oh, they just recorded this in a booth and then found some like background cafe noise and, and stuff <laughs> like that. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, especially uh, yeah, I, when they're in Greenland, when they're trying to like get yes, to that yeah. base in the episode titled Tundra, that sounds like what it's supposed to be. That was a very well sound designed episode. Yeah, I mean, they they have moments in all of these locations that make it sound more realistic or make it sound like they they recorded it all on location i don't think they actually did did, did but still like w- what they did do with the stuff was amazing like i mm-hmm. think the uh, another moment that i want to point to is um like being at the mosque um like I, yeah. I, I really liked yes. the kind of it, the enclosure that was in there. Like it made me feel like I was in a smaller space where I needed to be more quiet and respectful. Yeah, um, I think also the the scene uh, where Caitlin uh, kind of first conf. conf- confronts Jennison to be like why are you following me and just making the scene at the diner 
stuff yeah. is like, yeah, you can search for like background noise at a da da diner, but as soon as you disrupt that scene there, like the 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 sound changes, right? Mm-hmm. And I think they did a good job of making it sound like that was actually happening in the space that they were hoping to make there. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, I I really enjoyed enjoyed that. All of the stuff of being on the on the plane. Uh, yes. To I I I don't know what is all involved on, in recording that stuff. Like how like I'm I'm sure there's a bunch of resources out there of people who have like okay I need to like hire a plane to just sit here and <laughs> run for an hour so we have the like back. <laughs> around sound and we're just gonna make this available for a small fee or stuff like that but yeah just like the the way they composed their mm. environments in this i thought i thought was stellar um mm-hmm. so. the, one more thing i want to talk about since we've mentioned jim dennison who's another major sure. character he's yeah, an yeah, fbi yeah. agent whose daughter I think his daughter is also like a, a grad student. Maybe she's like just a little bit older than Caitlin. I think his daughter went down with the plane and he's been fanatical. He's gone like full like red sp- string conspiracy board trying to figure yeah. out what brought this plane down to the point where the FBI is like. We're going to place you on gym. leave. Yeah, yeah. Take a vacation. Gym. But I like that <laughs> deep it like in the like second or third from the final episode then we get this flashback to jim uh at the airport at the new york airport when it's like two hours after the flight was supposed to have landed and he's like i and he's like talking to the gate agent or whoever it is like my daughter was supposed to i'm here to pick up my daughter do you know anything about where the flight is why it's been delayed did it have to like land somewhere else to refuel do you know what the situation is and then he sees all of these other FBI agents file into the building and he sort of gets over there. He doesn't sneak in because like he has his FBI credentials with him. Yeah, well, and he's uh, like, yeah, he's, agent he, Jim Dennis, Dennison, I'm part of this. Well, he, well, he, he mentions that he's off duty. Yes. But he, he mentions like, this is sh- like, why am I seeing my coworkers? Sh- exactly. Start to show up yeah. Here? Like he, he has this moment of just like, what the fuck is going on? Can someone tell me what's happening here? Yeah, um, yeah. He's like instantly suspicious, like something must have gone wrong. There's some threat to something here. And so, yeah, he just flashes his badge and he gets into this meeting. And it seems like maybe it's like acquaintances of him, people who don't know his daughter was there on the plane. He's here as a civilian. He's here as a dad to pick up his daughter from the airport. They think he's just Oh, Jim, yeah. you know, who I've seen around the building. Yeah, oh, oh, Jim's here for work reasons the same way I am. And he goes into this briefing room and then the you know commanding agent is like, OK, so really, we think that the plane has gone down, but we don't know for sure yet. And these, it's like he's briefing all of these agents and Jim, who is now hearing all of this terrible information in this cold clinical you know, the agenty way just like completely breaks down and just starts sobbing in the middle of this brief- briefing room full of FBI agents. Yeah. Ugh. Heartbreaking stuff. Heartbreaking stuff. Yeah, he 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 was a I I, I he was a character that I I liked to not like. 
for some reason. Like I, I thought the actor that played him was phenomenal. But yeah, just like mm-hmm. some, something about that character. I was just like, I, I'm not necessarily a fan of you. <laughs> Uh, yeah like you maybe that was you his mean well nature there but yeah and again caitlin also had that obsessive nature so yeah there was just something about him i was just like i, I don't really like you all that 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 well there. I, you, you sympathize with him but yeah he is you can yeah a lot more over the edge than than caitlin or rory or anybody else is yeah more erratic yeah mm. um I, yeah, to, to, I wanted to circle back around then to the sound design uh, and yeah. to that stuff. I know we mentioned the like opening credits and and stuff like that, but I I I, I have to mention those again. Those were phenomenal. Those they're were great. Co- they're great. They're so good. And yeah, I, I'm I'm not necessarily someone who watches cable news and all of the talking heads on TV and stuff like that. But to have these like to 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 know that they were putting in like clips of real news things yeah. in there, like mixed in with that, just lent this. Excuse me. It lent this um th- th- like this real believability that this is something mm. that actually happened or stuff like it had this weight behind it that really like when you heard some of these news clips that like atlantic flight 702 has gone down like they they mm. the investigation on possible bioterrorism like all of the that that stuff when you hear that stuff mixed in with all of these like real people that are like out there who this is their their new stuff saying stuff that can fit in with this stuff but it isn't necessarily a you know uh, like it just it it made it seem that much more realistic and yeah global like i this was yeah a, like a lot of audio dramas in my opinion feel small because like mm-hmm. d- d- despite the globe trotting nature of some of them to go investigate different things or at least have multiple locations you're you're usually always like it it just it feels like you're stuck in a single room with a lot of them but for some reason because of these opening credits things it made it feel like there was stuff happening outside of this investigation that that was going on, whether it was some clip of a family member on some talk show being like, oh, and so because we're Muslim, we're terrorists like, mm-hmm. all, like it made it seem like. Caitlin's investigation was just a small part of what was happening yeah. internationally uh this thing and that that yeah that that was phenomenal so mm. bravo to yeah another thing about how the show is good. is structured is that caitlin is often recording these conversations that she has i think she even like when she goes back home to visit her parents the first time She's recording that conversation and her dad like freaks out and makes her turn the recording device off yeah. Like she's recording all these things. So we have the diegetic form of recording 
but we never have a diegetic form of editing. It's not we never hear Caitlin mention that she is then editing everything she's doing. And there's lots of stuff that hasn't been recorded, like the conversation at the beginning, you know, where, where the little boys found abandoned at the London airport. You know, Jim finding out in this room full of FBI agents that the plane has gone down. I right. thought that was an interesting mix. And normally audio yeah. dramas are either entirely diegetic recorded audio, like the the notes in the bright sessions or something like yep. that. You know, we have a psychologist who records her sessions or it's like Night Vale or King Falls where it's a, a radio show or we have just straight. This is an audio drama. Nobody's recording this. This is just a narrative that we choose to use audio as the as the representation of. Yeah. This was a, an interesting mix of both of them where somebody is recording something, but that's not what the show is. Yes, I'm I'm glad that they did that because yeah, a, a lot of audio drama kind of fell into that trap like when, when mm. the black tape started to get big and ours paradoxica and as we mentioned the bright sessions which was also made by lauren shepin who worked on this show as as those shows got big and popular a whole bunch of other shows tried to do the same things and fell into the same like oh okay so we need like some investigative journalist or some character that has to be recording for everything and that's how you're hearing all of this and you don't need to do that stuff yeah you can just have a scene somewhere out there who knows and and mm-hmm. it just be like, well, this is the, the 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 scene. It does not need to be a bit of like, well, we recorded this on a tape recorder so that you could listen to it as a podcast. Now, it mm-hmm. just 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 tell your story, and I think that's exactly mm. what this did, right? Like you you do you have a character that records everything, so mm. most of the 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 t- the time when she is in the scene, you are hearing it through her recording but yeah. then yeah there are are scenes that like well that character's not in in the scene so this is not a recording this is just yeah. naturally like you're a fly on the wall and get to hear all of that stuff yeah, that I, so yeah i but, do like diegetic uh audio dramas where what you are hearing is a broadcast of some kind I like that format a lot, but I also really appreciate it when a story recognizes that is impractical for the particular story we want to tell. We're not going to try and make ourselves fit into that structure of, okay, why would somebody be recording this audio at this moment? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do have to say, uh, I, I think my other, my, my last kind of critique about the show is not actually about the show it itself uh it's uh, un- un- unfortunately because they had to make money and pay the bills the advertisements that they had in the show took me out of the show every <laughs> single time and i don't like i i've listened to podcasts that have that stuff where they will do like a, yeah. a mid a, you know a, a mid uh 
thing like a mid ad ad roll or one at the end too like i i don't necessarily mind them like i i i just get there but for some reason something about these ones was just just completely ripped me out of these like maybe you know what it might not even be that it might be a the the issue is that like maybe I was so engrossed in the mystery of what this thing was yeah. that I was like so focused on this thing. And when they're like, let's talk about mixed market or whatever the, the thing was, I was just like, oh, my God, no, please, no. Right. <laughs> I think it's because most audio dramas that have ad reads, these ones are not given. It's by like one of the producers of the show or something. Yeah. Um, normally if you're doing something that is outside of the narrative, it's either at the beginning or the end, or if it is in the middle, they make it part of what the show is. Like Alex Regan is the one telling you about Bombas Socks through her perspective as a fictional character who is a and broadcaster who would do an ad read in the middle of her show. And stuff right. Like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But this is, uh, an, uh, a non-character is going to break into the middle of the episode to tell you about Misfits Market. And they're like, it's better than your grocery store. And I'm like, you don't know my grocery store. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always get frustrated at those ones in particular because like St. Louis's grocery stores are St. Louis specific. Like we don't have a lot of the other. I mean, we've got like a Whole Foods and Trader sure, Joe's yeah, and yeah. all those. But like our regular plain grocery stores are like not the ones other regions have. So I'm like, I know you didn't write this having ever been to a Schnucks. <laughs> don't tell me what can do better than schnooks <laughs> yeah it's 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 an, an an issue of their story was so good and like mm. I, I was just so like huh yeah so what is this secret code like, <laughs> who who is this like the white matchmaker huh what an interesting thing. who wants like, a weird onion <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, this carrot then... that looks funny <laughs> Yeah, like, and, and and then all of a sudden, I'm just like ripped out of of the, of 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 the right, uh, which is just unfor unfortunate. Uh, but I I guess just goes to show to show that they made a good show. Uh, they did so. Yeah, there you go, there you go. Um, let's see. I think that is about it. That I have to all 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 the stuff that I have to say on passenger list. I I did not did 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 you by chance listen to? They have two more things on the feed that are like, hey, if you enjoy this show, here's another fiction podcast that you might like. I I did not check those out. Did I, did mm, did you by chance? Let's see. What are these? To those? Um, blackout from. Q code oh, blackout. media and that's the one the starring rami malik as a radio dj in a small town where suddenly oh. there's a giant unexplained blackout which i've like had on my list for a while but i haven't started listening to yet and then rami no malik, i don't know what okay. oh the other ones oh it says in a post-apocalyptic world so if i read that then my brain shuts down <laughs> Not but but maybe after the hum is for you, if you're okay with things being apocalyptic, and then after that, yeah, um, yeah. So I I didn't check that that hot stuff out. But before we get to our recommendations uh, and stuff like that, I think we should do a quick check in on Bingo. We've been mm -hmm. doing review show Bingo 
with a bunch of uh, different uh, fiction tropes and stuff like that. Uh, let me see. Pull up my document here. Uh, review show bingo. Okay, uh, let's see. No characters got hit through a building. There was no yeah. death by electrocution. There was no courtroom <laughs> scene. Um, we don't have exactly what I was thinking of when I wrote down, why are you telling me this? And we've got a variant of guy in the chair, but instead of a guy, you know, somebody providing tech support, it's somebody who's like feeding you a clue, which feels like I, a separate trope from guy in the chair. I feel like I would accept that. You'd accept guy in the chair? Yeah. But yeah, I think you're right. That is the like pushing the envelope. Like, well, I, I can see how it is the guy in the chair, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I really have anything that would really fit. Character gets stuck with a kid if you want to talk with episode one, and <laughs> yeah, but, but we you never also don't see, follow that, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think we can really do actor who appears as themselves despite them having clips of real life people. Yeah. I, I I don't know if that's that's not what we intended with that one. So I don't know if I personally on my bingo card can mark anything. With this Yeah, one. I don't think guy in the chair is right well, for this. What I meant was like Actually, I might mm -hmm. have one. Vehicle in peril. I I the the airplane is in peril uh for I, a, a multitude of things and we we specifically said this was not meant to be like just a regular car crash or stuff like that like it had to yeah. be like a car like hanging off the side of a bridge or stuff yeah. like that i i feel like what happened to this plane would fit in that cuz it's not a typical circumstance which I guess any plain crash would not be a typical circumstance, but still. How do you feel I about that? I, I feel like when we wrote that down, we meant it in the, in the sense that it is in a physically precarious situation. And I feel like with this, it's like, okay, we have to bring the plane down be, be, because of possible bioterrorism threats. You make a good like the point. The fact that it yeah. was arranged that we it have just, to crash it, it the plane. It happens to be inside a. It's the people who are. Yeah. In yeah. Peril, and it happens to be inside of the vehicle itself is not the thing that's like in precarious situation. Right. Mm. Yeah. You 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 make a good point there. You've 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 con convinced me. I won't mark <laughs> it down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you do, do you have something on yours? No, you can I'm... mark. Uh, I don't think guy in the chair is quite right for this. Like I said, I feel like somebody feeding you clues uh, is a separate trope than like, hey, enhance this image for me. Enhance. Hey, enhance. hey Ethan Hunt, <laughs> I hacked into the security system for you. Yeah, right? I need like a good old, I need a Benji. Yeah. I need a Wade from Kim Possible. Like that's what I had in sure. mind. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
Uh, well, then not much movement on our bingo uh, no. cards for for this week, then. Uh, we will keep playing as we keep reading and watching more stuff. So, Melissa, it is now time for recommendations. It is. Uh, if you liked this podcast, what else would you recommend to so- so- someone who, uh, who liked this? Um, I think I would recommend, uh, just if you want like another really compelling audio drama mystery starring a woman you've seen in a sci-fi movie, you could check out The Left Right Game. This is an audio drama from Q Code that stars Tessa Thompson as this journalist who learns about, this is one that has diegetic recordings. (laughs) She's a journalist who learns about this weird underground game that people are playing called the right-left game. You could play anywhere, but it's best suited for certain cities on like a grid system where you get in your car and you start driving left, right, left, right. And if you do that long enough, you're going, things are going to get weird. You're going to end up in like another plane of reality. And she's like, okay, no way that's real. Mm, but there's people okay. who believe this. Let me go travel to where they are. Like they're setting out from like some town in Arizona, I think. She's like, let me go follow these people for their next drive. I think this is a really interesting story. I want to document this and like find out like what sort of people believe this sort of thing. What sort of people do this? How do they approach this weird mystical adventure. And it's just her uh, in this guy's car who's this this old man who's like been doing this for years and he has a lot of knowledge and she gets the sense that there's a lot of things he's not telling her. And it's her in his car and then all these, like a caravan of people, all these interesting people, you know, I think you've got like, I will like adult siblings, you've got like college roommates, lots of different combinations of people from different backgrounds and why they believe this and what they want to find when they go into this other plane okay it's great if you liked annihilation you'd really like this it's totally different but it's also tessa thompson investigating just a beautiful weird aberration to the american landscape which she was wasn't she in annihilation didn't she have yes yeah 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 Interesting. Okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. Any other recommendations? <sighs> oh, you just lost that? like always. <laughs> I've I've, Surprise! I've heard good good things about the leftovers, and then there's that other show Manifest. I, I can't personally yeah. recommend those because I haven't seen them yet, but yeah. I know it's of a similar ilk of like something happened mm. with the plane. Oh, the Langoliers! The Langoliers. the Langoliers The Langoliers was a Stephen King short story that was turned into like a TV miniseries in the 90s. And this is something I saw as a little kid that like haunted me. Like I never knew if what I saw was real, if I was misremembering it. I tried to describe it to my parents and they're like, I don't I don't know what you're talking about. Like I, I can't tell you what that movie is you think you saw. And eventually I tracked it down. The Langoliers is a story about a, I think it's a plane in flight and some people wake up, you know, like all these people dozed off on this long flight. I think they wake up and there's only like 10 of them left on the plane. Like they don't know where anybody Mm. else is. 
one of the people who's there like is an ex-pilot so he's able to like land the plane but the airport they land at is like abandoned not a bit but like it's empty like everything is like clean and like seems like it's in regular use but there's not a soul there it seems like nothing is alive I think like weird things happen to them if they try and like leave the airport and the titular Langoliers are these weird little monsters that look kind of like the aliens from attack the block. Like they're just like these little like spiky fur balls of like absolute blackness, except they will like chomp on reality. They'll like eat reality. So like they want to take off, but like, no, these guys are eating the runway. It's a weird story. Weird. Interesting. Stephen King. King, though, has a lot of yeah. weird stuff going on. Mm. All of his stuff there. Um, cool. Good stuff. Yeah. So I, I, I have two comics. I, I, I have a comic and a oh. manga, actually, that I would okay. recommend. Uh, the manga, I've probably mentioned it a number of times when recommending stuff. Uh, it's a favorite of mine called 20th Century Boys. Yes. Um, I I love the this one because this is about uh, a conspiracy theory and a cult. Um, there's this guy that starts recognizing this symbol kind of around town, and when he starts to dig into like what is this symbol, uh, he gets told that it is the logo for this cult that has uh-huh. r- like recently risen to popularity but the thing that like really struck him to start digging into this is because for some reason he recognizes the symbol he's like i've seen this before somewhere else and he realizes that this is a symbol that he and his childhood f- f- friends made up when they were younger and that they they made this kind of comic booky just in the way of like hey if you had to take over the world what would you do like how would you do it and they mm-hmm. like wrote down in this notebook this plan of like how they would take over and destroy the world and they didn't think anything of it, and they kind of forgot about it. They all grew up and went their separate ways. But now here's this cult using that same logo and enacting out their plan. And he's trying to figure out, like, do I know the people that are leading this cult? Like, who is this? Let me get in contact with all my old friends to see did did they go down the deep end with that and so it is this big like mystery and investigation into like how did they get a hold of this information like is it one of us like do 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 we know what's happening here and it it's wild it's a great Mm -hmm. story um so i highly recommend that uh, if you want things that are maybe more on the horror side uh, and want a good mystery, the comic that I would recommend is Nailbiter. Nailbiter ah. is another favorite of mine, uh, which takes place in the town of Buckaroo, Oregon. And it is a fictional town, but 
It is uh, the hometown of at least 16 different serial killers. And so everyone is just kind of like wondering, like, what's going on in Buckaroo? That 16 different serial killers have all originated in that town. Um, and there is a cop that figures it out. He's like, I know, I know what ha ha happens, or you know, you know, just what's g g g g g g g going on. And he calls his friend to be like, Hey, I want you here with me to break this story. And so, by time that guy arrives to the town, the cop that figured it out is now gone. He's missing. Uh, and so this cop that that showed up to be there to break the story ultimately like really doesn't care. It's just like, I'm just here to help out my friend. I, I don't know where he is, what happened to, to, to him. But as he starts to investigate all of that stuff, he starts kind of figuring out what's going on with this town and all of that stuff and why there have been so many serial killers from this one town and it's a great mystery of like maybe it's a cult maybe it's something in the water maybe it's a conspiracy maybe it's an experiment maybe it's this and so yeah um yeah lots of of just like let's try this angle and see how far <laughs> we can get and stuff like that like what they did here in this show like maybe yeah. it's the doctor maybe it's terrorism maybe it's this thing maybe it's that right so that's a good recommendation nail biter and 20th century boys so go go check that stuff out those would be my recommendation but Alyssa, uh, since we have this big giant book to read by the end yeah. of the month, uh, you and I have been like, let's let's watch or read like short 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 things so we can spend most of our time trying mm. to to get th through this big giant book this this month here. Uh, so for next week, my three pitches are movies. Uh, and these Good. are movies that are available on uh, Netflix, on Prime, and I think uh, on HBO Max is where I found this okay. third one here. Um, yeah, so the first one, let me pull up my notes here, or, uh, my notes being Wikipedia. Uh, the first one is a fairly recent film. I don't know, I guess released in April. Yeah. Uh, April of 2021. Uh, this is a film called Stowaway on Netflix. Um, mm -hmm. It is a science fiction thriller starring Anna Kendrick and Daniel Day Kim. Uh, and it is ah. about a, gr a group of astronauts on this mission. I'm not sure exactly what they're doing, uh, but shortly after they've taken off and they've started this mission, they find a Stowaway, who's accidentally on the ship, um, and they don't know how he survived, like growing or, or going up in in into space with them and not being like strapped in. He was like, yeah, trapped in some like maintenance like thing in there, and so when they found him, they're just like, what the fuck? Like how how how? But. This is a two-year-long mission. So Ooh. this guy is stuck with them. And him being up there and stuck with them 
throws a number of wrenches into uh, their survival of like how much oxygen mm-hmm. they're consuming, how much rations they're consuming, and also him not being a trained astronaut, at least from what it seems like, is just like, like how how are they going to make this work here? So things are starting to go more and more wrong. Uh, and it the vibe that I got from the trailer is that uh, maybe this guy might not be a stowaway. Huh. We don't know. He might be there for a reason. We don't know. Um. So so yeah, that was the vibe that I got from that there. But space sci-fi survival science fiction uh thriller on that one. That's stowaway. Okay. Okay. Uh, which is. Uh, which it says is available on Netflix and is, uh, if you're in Canada, is on Prime. Okay. Amazon Prime Video. So that's pitch number one, Stowaway. Pitch number two is a movie from 2019 available on Prime. Um, and this is one I'm ca- kind of surprised I didn't hear about because the, tra- the trailer made this look fantastic. Uh, mm. This was this is a 2019 film entitled Seaberg. Um, it's a political thriller directed by Benedict Andrews, and it's starring Kristen Stewart. I saw Vince Vaughn in there and Anthony Mackie. And this is a see Gene Seaberg is a famous American actress known for playing the female lead in uh, Jean-Luc Goddard's film Breathless. This is based off of true events. And she's in an open marriage. XYZ, she's a big famous actress. But then she starts getting kind of involved in politics uh, as she starts to witness uh, the treatment of Malcolm X and the rise of the Black Panthers and stuff like that. And she starts to get involved in some uh, political intrigue and it starts messing with her career uh, and starts getting to her head and she starts kind of going off the deep end. And so I think this movie focuses on on her and the the effect that this is having on her and her career and this the FBI's like smear campaign against her and these political figures and stuff like that um but yeah the the trailer for this looked incredible i Mm. was surprised that i hadn't heard of this just by how good it looked uh and and stuff like that but that is pitch number two saberg s-e-b-e-r-g Okay. Is the name of that one. Um, and then pitch number three is available on HBO Max. Uh, this is a movie from 2020 
Uh, it is an American drama, I believe, also loosely related or loosely based off true events, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it is about a 14-year-old boy uh, who goes by M -M -M Mouse living in Baltimore. Um, and he is interested in biking. Uh, it, like, it's especially in like motor bikes. It's called Charm City Kings. Okay. Uh, sorry, I thought I had mentioned that. Yeah, it's Charm City Kings. Um, and it is directed by Angel Manuel Solo. Uh, I'm not familiar with any of the main actors except for Meek Mill. I know him through his rap career uh -huh. but that's it uh so I, I don't really know his acting skills there um but yeah it's this coming of age story about this young boy who wants to uh get involved in the like motorbike culture uh in baltimore and kind of the gangs that are in and around that and him trying to get on this team of bikers uh, that are like the the biggest and they have the best tricks and 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 stuff like that so it's kind of a sports movie oh. but not really uh it it is this coming of age tale it looks like it's a drama and maybe a bit of a crime story uh as well but it looked really really inter interesting for the the mix of kind of genres that was in was in 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 that uh and it's an it's an hbo max original uh i think it premiered at the sundance film festival in 2020 so mm. uh oh it says here the executive producers are will smith and jada pinkett smith so oh nice something else with that there yeah that's pitch number three. Pitch number one, Stowaway uh, on Netflix. Pitch number two, Saberg uh, on Prime. And pitch number three, Charm City Kings, available on HBO that, Max. That's a real variety of stuff. There's a <laughs> Yeah. Oh, there's movies like this you've never pitched before. That being said, I'm going to go for the obvious whatnot choice and pick the space movie. <laughs> I want to watch Especially Stowaway. with Daniel Day Kim, the right. Lost. Like we can't spend this, like an hour there. and a yeah. half talking about Lost and have me turn down the movie with somebody from Lost in it. That sounds very interesting. Uh, I was thinking yeah. recently we haven't spent nearly enough time in space this year. The only person who's taken us to space is Doctor Doom, and there's so much that happens in that yeah. book that you're like, oh right, yeah, we were also on the moon. So like a good dedicated <laughs> spaceship time sounds fun. And okay. I was, I, I did try and put together a series of astronaut pitches earlier this year, but I had trouble coming up with a good solid three. So you've delivered an astronaut story to me, so I have to pick it. There you go. Okay, Stowaway, which is available on Netflix. Go, go check that one out. Uh, yeah, this one looked really interesting, intriguing. That's what we will do for this next week. Uh, and like we mentioned, be reading House of Leaves in the meantime, if you want to f follow along with us uh, for that. And we will be covering that at the end of the month. So there you go. Melissa, where can the people find you on the Internet? 
You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And listen to my other podcast, Saturday Morning Obscurities, where me and my brother Jams talk about weird old kids shows you feel like only you remember. There you go. You guys want to stay up to date with me? I'm at Yo Kyle Springer on Twitter. If you guys want to stay up to date with all that we do here at the Whatnots, we are at the Whatnots on Twitter. Uh, so go follow us there. Go like, share, subscribe. You guys know the deal with all of that. Uh, yeah, this has been number what? One hundred and sixty? No, one hundred and seventy. One seventy. One seventy of the Whatnots Review Show. We will see you all next time. Bye. Bye.